I have been obsessed with a couple things lately about what Jesus said and what Jesus did and what Jesus is saying and what Jesus is doing, what Jesus said and what Jesus did, what Jesus is currently saying and what he's doing because we have a crisis of meaning in America. We have a, an, a mean-spirited foundation now that it's just normal to call each other names and, and to tear each other's down. There are two sides now. Two, two sides that battle against each other. There's egos, so many voices, so many opinions. There seems to be these, these two sides that are battling. And I'm here to tell you today that Jesus does not take sides. He takes over. Amen? And we have drawn our attention away from Jesus. And so I've been obsessed about what Jesus said and what Jesus did. And what he is saying and what he is doing. We need to fall on our face in the sight of God and understand His plan that is good and that's perfect and that it's pleasing. We have a crisis of purpose in America. We have a crisis of peace in America. We have a crisis of meaning in America. And so I have been just laser focused on what Jesus is saying and doing, what He said and what he did. Does anything else matter? That is what's pure and genuine. We need a revival. We need transformation. We need humility. There are so many opinions and so many egos and so many voices. We are distracted by so many things. We are troubled by so many things... Because we are not focused on the one thing. Okay, fine. I will say that again and maybe get one amen. We are troubled by so many things because we are not focused on the one thing. That is the title of today's sermon, One Thing. The one thing is the main thing. The main thing is the one thing. That one thing is Jesus. And we are distracted by so many opinions and egos and voices because we have not made the main thing, Jesus, the one thing. Are you burdened? Are you anxious? Do you have many things going on in your mind right now that trouble you, that discourage you? It's time this morning that we come to the one thing. We sit in the presence of Jesus. We have bought into a gospel of busyness. We've accepted the lie that our values rest in what we can produce. That we are loved for what we accomplish. Our full calendars have become a badge of honor. So we work harder. We push ourselves harder. We sleep less and we work more and some of us do indeed accomplish some things. But in the process, we have forgotten how to sit and think and pray and read 
and have a real conversation with a friend or a loved one or a neighbor or a spouse. There's consequences to this gospel of busyness. This gospel of busyness promises to fulfill us and give us a satisfying life. But in the end, it only makes our lives emptier and more disappointing. We need a new gospel, a gospel of truth, a gospel of love, a gospel of mercy, a gospel of grace. We find that good news in the presence of Jesus. But this gospel of busyness has gotten ourselves a culture of chronic exhaustion. Absent workaholic parents and kids and teenagers that have been taught the only way for you to earn attention or the only way for you to earn love is through your grades, your paychecks, or your championships. We have got to step out of this culture of busyness, this culture of distractions, this culture of just one thing after another and step into the presence of Jesus. Our kids should not be identified just through their grade point average. We should not be identified by what kind of car that's in our parking lot. Or parking lot? Parking driveway. (laughs) Brendan Manning. That would be a nice house if you had a parking lot. Yeah, amen. (laughs) Brendan Manning, an author, um, also a a priest, says this is how we should define ourselves. We define ourselves radically as one loved by God. This is our true self. Every other identity is a lie. We identify ourselves, our true selves, by men and women who are loved by God. Every other identity is an illusion, is a lie. And we find that identity at the feet of Jesus. We find that identity in his presence. This happens to me a lot. So how are you doing? Good. Busy, but good. There is this gospel of busyness that we have bought. It's time for us to deconstruct. It's time for us to identify the things that distract us. When I come to our prayer night, I come here to the altar, and I take a card, and I just begin to listen and experience and encounter God's presence. And I just say, God, what is distracting me? What are some of the things I need to tear down? What are some of the things I need to let go of? I need a deconstruction in my own spirit. And I just start writing thing after thing after thing that has been distracting me. Are you distracted by many things? It's because you have lost your focus on the one thing. Are you with me? So I'd even encourage you today, come get a card or type it in your phone or some of you have steel trap minds you can remember, but what are some of the things that are distracting you and and pulling you away from the presence of God? 
And so since I'm obsessed with this, what Jesus said and what Jesus did, I don't know how long we're going to be doing this, but we're going to, when we gather on Sundays, we're going to actually look at what Jesus said and what Jesus did. Good plan? If, if not, check back with us in maybe a year. I'm not sure how we're going to, how long this is going to be, but this morning we're going to read a story about what Jesus did and then see what he said. So this morning we're going to do both. Look at what Jesus did and then what Jesus said through the red letter. So turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 10. And let's just pause for a minute. I know that was a little rant as we began, and I hope you're still with me. This is just something currently that has really been driving me to my knees, this culture of busyness, this culture of two sides that battle, that fight, this this identification with things that distract us. We want to be identified as followers of Jesus first. Amen? And sitting at his feet. I am just heartbroken by how busy we have become and how divided we have become. And so the only way I know from my own life to settle is to get on my knees in front of God's word and just listen and really cry out and journal and cry and embrace and cry and walk and talk. Go to (laughs) Chick-fil-A. And just be in the presence of Jesus. Rest isn't failure. Rest is spiritual intimacy. So we need rest in the presence of God. Many times we think rest is, is like a failure and it's, it's something that's not positive. Rest is, is that spiritual intimacy where we get to know the Father. So look with me into the book of Luke in this story of what Jesus said and what he did. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. This is the word of the Lord this morning. As Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, now in my Bible, it is in red letters, uh, symbolizing the actual words of Jesus. Jesus said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken 
away from her. Martha was distracted by many things because she wasn't focused on the one thing, Jesus. Mary was focused on the one thing and sat at his feet. The thing that jumped out at me in this passage is that Jesus calls Martha distracted. I wouldn't think to identify busy people as distracted. That wouldn't be the the first thing that came into my mind. That busy person is distracted. I would maybe say they're determined or they're trying to push their own agenda or they are driven. I wouldn't say distracted until I read more of the scripture. We get distracted by different voices, by different activities, by different people. And then that adds things to our plate, and then we get busy. God is calling us to himself to rest and to listen and be built up and to be encouraged and to be loved. But our Martha mindset does distract us. It keeps us so ridiculously busy. We find ourselves missing out on the amazing life and the amazing words and the amazing encouragement that Jesus has for us. Can you relate to Martha in her distraction? Jesus is coming over. I want the pizza to come out just at the right time. I got to clean up the the cat hair and I got to get the dogs over here. Jesus is coming over and then Jesus comes and she's still, and then I got to do this and Jesus is here. And then I, can you relate sometimes to, to Martha? Jesus comes through the door and Mary has responsibilities, but Jesus is here. And we got to sit at the the feet of of Jesus because that's where true life begins and that's where true life happens. So I can see how a distraction can lead to busyness. And we all face distractions. Jesus told Mary, or Martha, Jesus told Martha she was worried and troubled about the many things. But that happened. Somehow, Mary had discovered the one thing that was needed. Martha was troubled about many things because she was not focused on the one thing. If Martha could just learn to give the one thing the proper place and priority, then the many things would take care of themselves. Sometimes it's not about doing it all. It's about being with God. It's funny that Martha is upset because Mary is distracted from her responsibilities by Jesus. Is that not funny to you? Anybody? Is this microphone on? I think it's funny that that Martha is upset at her sister because she's distracted from her responsibilities by Jesus. But Martha is distracted from Jesus 
by her responsibilities. I, I got to sit in the presence of Jesus, but I got so much to do. I, 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 got, I got so much to do. I want to be, I want to be with Jesus, but I got all this stuff to do. Where Mary's like, my time with Jesus is going to help me get this stuff done. Anybody? He helps you prioritize. He sets your agenda. We don't have to stumble around in the darkness any longer. When we're in the presence of Jesus, he lights our path. He gives us everything we need. I am a better husband because I spend time in the presence of Jesus. I'm a better father because I spend time in the presence of Jesus. I'm a better friend. I'm a better pastor. When I get distracted from the one thing, I'm a little edgier. I'm a little bit more stressed. I start to put some more things on my shoulders. I I start to take some more responsibilities. And I get weak and I get worn out. And I do get exhausted. But when I go into the presence of Jesus and I lay all those things at his feet, there is a supernatural power. There is something that happens that I cannot even understand. He gives me so much. And guess what? Then he gives me even more. The Bible says he then presses down, shakes us up so we can have more. You know what I'm talking about, right? Those of you that take out the trash. I go to the trash and I'm like, I don't really want to take it out right now. I actually do it. Come over to my house and you'll see me. I go all 200 pounds onto the trash. And then I have more room so I don't have to take it out now. Then I shake it up a little bit to give more room so I can put more trash in it. Then I'll have to take it out for another five minutes. What if God says, God has so much for you. He gives it to you in his presence. Then he wants to give you more. So he shakes you up a little bit. And he presses it down to create more room. But you got a lot going on. I understand. You're distracted by all the other voices, all the other egos, all the other opinions, all the other stuff. you got a lot going on. The one thing that will not be taken away from you, Jesus says, It's time in his presence. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. All the things that you stress about will be taken away from you. I got to get oil in the car. Your car one day will be in a, um, what do you call it? A junk, what? A junkyard, thank you. All the things you're stressed about can be taken away from you. The one thing, the main thing, Jesus, time in his presence can never be taken away from you. And it's the most valuable thing. Make any sense this morning. Judah Smith, a pastor in Seattle, says it this way. What we are distracted by says a lot about what we value. What we are distracted by says a lot about what we value. I got to get on Facebook. How many likes did I get? I just posted a picture of my waffles. It's my birthday. No, not my birthday, but, uh, you know, it's my birthday. I got to see how many likes and how many happy birthdays I got on my Facebook. 
what we are distracted by says a lot about what's important to us. What's distracting you? What are you carrying on your shoulders this morning? It's causing your mind to be so crowded and your life to be so cluttered and and so busy. You're just exhausted and, and you're running on empty and are you troubled by many things? It's because our focus is not on the one thing that truly matters. Sitting at his feet. That's the key to handling this life. Is sitting at the feet of Jesus as Mary did. So whatever the many things are that are fighting for your attention, Jesus is the one thing that is truly needed. So you want to become more like Jesus? Is that your desire to become more like Jesus? Stop trying to become more like him and put your energy into spending time with him and then you will become more like him. Make sense? I'll say it again. Stop trying to become more like Him and put all that energy into being with Him. Then you will become more like Him. That, the key to the Christian life is not trying to be better. The key to the Christian life is not trying to be good and perfect and holy and the best Father. The key to the Christian life is getting as close as you can to Jesus. Sitting at his feet. He has everything you need for every situation that you face now and forever. I do not like to beg, but this is one of those Sundays where I am begging you to unplug and sit and rest and listen to what God has to say to you this morning. It's personal. It's as unique as you are. Sitting at the feet of Jesus is the one thing that's really needed. And it's the only thing that cannot be taken away from you. So stand with me as we conclude our time together. And we're going to sing a final song together. And as we sing, I would encourage you to posture yourself in four different ways. Choose a way to receive this word and choose a way to receive what God is even talking to you about right now. Have you been pushing harder and harder and harder and getting less and less and less? It seems like we're working harder for a dollar and that dollar is, is just even harder to get. I would challenge you as we sing to pray with palms raised, just signifying, I need all that you have. I need more of your grace and your love. I need your wisdom. If you don't even know what to pray, we have God's will for you on the back wall. 
love, joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Maybe that's what you're praying this morning as we sing. We want to pray, God, I need all that you have. Or maybe you need to pray opposite. You have to pray with your palms down. You have to get rid of some distractions. You have to let go of some anger. You have to let go of some bitterness. Some of you just have a bad attitude. You're going to let go of that bad attitude because it's distracting you away from the presence of Jesus. Some of us identify with some other things that distract us from the ways of Jesus. I'll just say it. Some of our political views are distracting us from the ways of Jesus. I'm not choosing sides. I'm just saying both sides are getting distracted by the ways of Jesus. So some of us need to let that go. Don't you think God has a plan? You need to pray that way. Let go of some distractions. Some need to come to the altar today and kneel. I love churches with altars. It's a reminder for me of what I've left at the altar. When I've been drawn to an altar, I leave something at the altar. And we leave it there and we sacrifice it to God. That's what an altar is. We lay everything down. And I'm reminded, oh yeah, I left my ego there. Yeah, I left my judgmental spirit there. Thanks be to God. I live in remembrance now as we sung before. And so some of you need to come and kneel at an altar. You need to completely humble yourselves in the sight of God. And then lastly, some just want to stand with your hands raised and hands lifted, bringing glory and honor and and, uh, praise to God. So four ways for you to pray. No one likes staring around what somebody else doing. This is between you and God as we sing and as we pray. So let's sing.